Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Chips and Bits podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Myers, and with me as always... Oh, it's me, Matthew Anderson. That's right. You didn't want to sing it? No. Okay, that's fair. Uh, A couple of notes before we begin. We got an iTunes review in June, so that's one since we've been asking for iTunes reviews, so I feel like we're really on our way here. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Four stars, but I mean, who's counting? That's fine. I was. Yeah, I mean, just why did you review us? They did specify they liked all of our 68 podcasts except for one, so. That's true. Because we don't talk about multiplayer. Because we generally do not talk about multiplayer. It's true. I actually thought he had a really good point about Gears of War. Anyway, it's not like we're sensitive to it or anything. No. Um, we have a Patreon where you can give us money. We love money. Uh, money makes the world go around before we burn it all to ashes yep. with our choices. Temporary. Yep. Patreon.com slash chips and bits. That's the full word altogether. No dashes. Unlike our website, which is tips-and-bits.com, which is beautifully designed by Matthew Anderson and definitely worth checking out. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Delicatus Turkey Sandwich. It's really not. It's delicious, um, and downtown, and has two <laughs> locations now. Uh, I hope they never listen to this, because I'm pretty sure it's illegal what I'm doing. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think you can advertise It's an endorsement. It's an endorsement. advertise for them. <laughs> I don't know about that. Otherwise, what's Yelp about? We're also on Facebook and Twitter, uh, but those are garbage fires. So, yeah. so if you like garbage fires, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Yep. Smash uh, that like button. Smash that like button. Today, we are talking about a game that we talked about before's sequel. Yes. Guacamelee 2. Guacamelee. Yeah, 2. 2. Yes. We, we, we have podcasts about Guacamelee before. We have. It's amazing because now we're getting into cycles where we're actually visiting like sequels mm-hmm. to games that we actually covered because we've been doing this for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guacamelee 2 is a platformer slash Metroidvania. Yep. Um, set in the Mexiverse. Yes. Uh, the greatest place on Earth. Which is one of the best gaming universes ever devised. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Matt, what did you think of the game? I thought it was excellent. Okay. Yeah. That's it. There we go. And that's the Chips and Bits podcast no, on I Guacamelee thought, uh, 2. I thought, uh, I thought somehow they managed to create uh, a game that was just as good yep. as the first one. Yep. Using... Almost every single thing from the first game. Yep. And yet somehow managed to make it feel just slightly new. Yeah. And slightly better. Yeah. Than the first one. In pretty much every way, but just slightly. Just slightly. And that was more than enough to get me really excited and having fun playing this game. We loved Guacamelee, and I think it's fair to say that we both loved Guacamelee too. Yeah. It's really good. It just has... It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, playing that game in 4K resolution is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, the artwork is gorgeous. The style is hilarious. They even have, like, 
ridiculous characters. The Mexiverse is a lot of satire about games um, and the internet, it seems. <laughs> um, there's uh, really beautiful, actually, storytelling mm -hmm. in it, even if it does veer towards comedy, most of all. There's a chicken pope, is what I call him. The yeah, chicken, chicken pope. pope. And in this game, even though it was available in the first game, in this game, I actually played a lot of it multiplayer. Really? Which was kind of surprising because it was really fun multiplayer. But Kenny, we don't talk about multiplayer. I know, but this time we do. It's co-op multiplayer. It's there single. we go. We do talk about that. <laughs> it's the single player story with multiple people. I didn't play it at all. Uh, that's not true. But I sure, played you it played with it with you. me. Yeah. You helped me move through the at game. Your place, yeah. And what I liked about it is it didn't suffer from what I call the Super Mario Brothers problem where mm. when there's too many people on screen, it just is utter chaos. Yeah. So I was playing with about three people. And that's a lot. I mean, especially if you're doing jumping puzzles. Um, and what we found was, like, people would be stronger at certain aspects of the game, and we could kind of get through it. And then we'd team up and wait for someone to complete things. And yep. uh, it was really fun with multiple people. Yeah. Obviously, it made an impact on you because you remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally just remembered. I didn't remember. Not at all. Yeah. No, I... Uh, one thing that's interesting about... I guess the aesthetic of the game is that it is one of those games where you throw it up on your TV and you play through it in gorgeous, high-resolution 4K amazingness. Yeah. And it's so impressive, but it doesn't achieve that by the means I think most people associate 4K video games with. You know, this is... It's, it's not... You mean like Battlefield or yeah, something? Yeah, it's not striving for some right. realism. Well, it's an artwork game. Yeah, it's, it's just... It's, not it's that a, the Battlefield games don't use artwork. Right. No, they're great in their own right for being, you know... We don't like for the, the realism games. thing. How they look, I'm saying. Oh, okay. they, they look real. They do look really good. This is more that, you know, throwback comic style. Yeah. Um that they've perfected to a T. Yeah. And it's, it's just it's just it's just you just look at the screen, you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the the humor in the game is hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I'm not usually one of those people that uh will laugh out loud at things. Yeah, or or has a sense of humor. Or has any, yeah. you know, funny bone in my a body. A very Canadian sense of humor. It's very dry, and 90% of the time people don't know if you're joking or not. This one, a. this game, yeah. got at least a chuckle out of me with all the jokes. A and there chuckle? Were, there were several times where I actually are you, like... Are you like a 70-year-old man? Yeah, just pretty like, much. just got a chuckle out yeah. of me. Yeah, but it was. I'm, I'm just saying, most of the time, even if something's funny, I can hear it or read it. And not have, I don't have to have a reaction. Right. The reaction can stay inside mostly, my body. Mostly just cold, dead stares. Yeah. Yeah, that's usually just, what I see. Just, this, actually, that's our podcast is pretty much just cold, dead this stares. This is you staring at my blank face. Yeah, unless we're talking about like the sexy brutal or and then, <laughs> Bioshock Infinite. But this game, this game did it somehow. It, it got a rise out of me on almost every, you every said joke. one of your favorite levels. Well, it was an area I thought was okay, but you should explain one of your favorite areas in the game, which what? was the meme universe. Oh, yeah. They have a... So one core concept of, of this game that was not in the previous game is that you uh, gain the ability to both travel between universes and then also switch at any time when you're in those universes between... Well, no, that was, in, that was in the previous game. Yeah, but just very slight at the It end. was like the, the death universe. Yeah, the death universe. Yeah, yeah. that power was in, but the story is driven by a multiverse story. Yes. I think that's important to clarify. Yes. And so you're constantly both traveling between these universes and then also for both story and for progression in the level, switching between the land of the living and the land of the dead. Yeah. And there was this secret area that you could unlock that was called the, the meme-verse. The meme-verse. And 
you first get into it and you're walking through it and you don't really understand what the hell is going on. It, it, there's there's no action. You're just wandering through it. Right. You're bumping into these guys that you're talking to and it's all red text. You have to read all the text on the screen. Yep. And slowly but surely you start to realize that these people that are speaking are all, I assume, direct quotes of haters and trolls and people that didn't like the original game right. for specifically its inclusion of memes as to, as a crutch for the comedy. Right. And so you start walking through this level and jumping around and talking to all the people, and it just gets worse and worse and worse the further you get through the level. The, yeah. the, the flames are, are even hotter on each comment, and they will sometimes use comments to reinforce the exact thing they're doing at that moment in time for the comedic bit. Yeah just amazing I, I was just like this is hilarious they're totally just throwing themselves under the bus they don't give a well, shit well then they just made a bunch of meme references yeah it. yeah yeah through the whole thing i thought it was funny i think my favorite bit of comedy is always the llama characters mm -hmm. so in the first game uh there was sort of a guru that was a llama that turned into uh i'm pretty a, sure a they're person. goats by the way goats are you yeah. sure it's not a llama pretty sure they're goats okay well goats then um and uh he would help you unlock powers and teach you things. Yep. And then in this one, they have multiverse. They have different versions of the goat man. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like the hippie goat man. Yep. And then there was the goat man who collected all the statues that turned it. That was another like, one of my favorite parts. There's a, there's a, there's this goat, goat guy. Who's like, I have this power and I have the, like, they have a fake, like Metroid-esque statue done in the style of sort of yeah. uh, and you break the statue to Mexican get the power. artwork and mm -hmm. uh, you break the statue to get the power. And at some point in the game, he's like, okay, I have this power. You'll have to go search my house. I'm a collector of these things, yeah. but don't destroy anything. Yeah. And you essentially just go through and destroy his entire collection yeah. of things until you find the power. And in the meantime, get ridiculous powers as yeah. you go along. There are things like, you know, the ability to comb your hair, yeah. part your hair on the other side of your head or right. something dumb like that. It was really just funny. It's yeah. a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor. I love that part. All the statues are unmatched. So you get you get teleported to this universe, which is this guy's collector house. Yeah. And you're standing there and you're like, well, I got to find the power. I, I literally have to break all of the statues in his right. house. It's like a ridiculous <laughs> concept. So, I mean, it doesn't further the plot any. It's no, just it like just they just like having comedy. a lot of fun with comedy yeah, there. It was, it was hilarious. And they play a lot into that uh, quite a bit. One of my favorite, other favorite things was in the very beginning, you get pulled by the your goat, your goat man yeah. into the multiverse, but you go through other universes mm -hmm. to get there. Uh, and the first one is a limbo universe. Yeah. And that was really funny. And by limbo, he means the game. The limbo. game limbo. Yeah. It's uh, in the same style. It's like the black all and white, like grainy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Noir. And then there was a double dragon. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, universe. My favorite part about the limbo one was the bummed out spider. Oh like, yeah. You teleport out right as the spider is about to, you know, puncture you with its leg, and it's like, oh, you could tell the spider was deflated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really clever. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, this game. It's like, it always feels like the right amount of time. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like it was, I felt like when it ended, I was like, good. I was, I was ready to be done. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I feel like it milked a lot out of it. I had turned into a chicken enough. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was perfect. It felt like a, a perfect meal. Yeah, and maybe that has something to do with why this, this, the sequel is so good. Because I, yeah. I, I remember the same feeling at the end of the last one. It was yeah. just the right amount of time. Enough that I didn't feel like I played it too much. And not enough that I felt like, oh, I kind of wish I could play it more, but yeah. there's no more to play. And now there was more to play, and it was all great. Um, the boss was easier, I thought. The last boss. Oh, I died quite a bit on I, the last I boss. I didn't die. 
ever. Really? Yeah. Huh. I was on hard, too, or whatever. I was on hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I just found it so easy. Well, I mean... It must be all that Bloodborne. <laughs> one of the, like, true achievements of this game is that, you know, I don't know how many minutes we are in, but we've talked about everything except the fact that underneath all of those things we've just discussed is a really well-designed platforming Metroidvania game. Like, yeah. It's, and it's really good at what it does. Right. It's... It, any of you, we, we assume, have played any of the numerous Metroidvania games, they can be riddled with pacing issues and backtracking problems and upgrade paths that don't make any sense or are too slow or yeah, too fast. Yeah, this one didn't have a lot of backtracking at all, which I actually really appreciated. I mean, I guess it made it a little more linear, but you did backtrack a little. Yeah, but, but also the levels were just, like, the, it was expansive. You just kept going through and fighting and having fun. Yeah, and you always opened up something interesting and the puzzles, the jumping, I always, I always remember loving the complex jumping puzzles mm -hmm. in the first game yeah uh you know where you have to do like three different moves in a row cleverly to get to a certain even point. more than that sometimes yeah sometimes like 10 um and i always thought that uh they did a really good job of it because it wasn't as like fast paced as a lot of games like a mm -hmm. super meat boy would be where you have to just be insane but it also you know it felt responsive like it felt really good yeah it it it, re it was it rewarded you for getting to know all of the different powers and moves yeah. enough that you could remember what they were to use them on the fly. Right. So rather than having to avoid spikes, it was more like, okay, in order to get up to this platform, you're going to need to jump jump and hold a wall, run up that wall, but before you hit the top, zoom across to the other side of the room, right. and then jump off that wall and do a double jump, and then an uppercut, and then a flash punch, and then a thing. And you're right. like, wow, that was 12 different combinations, and I had to do them all correctly, otherwise I land in lava. But it never felt unfair. Yeah, no, it's great. It always felt like, ah, oh, I just, I should have done this better, mm -hmm. you know, like, it never felt like, this is just bullshit. Yeah. Uh, one of the things about this game is, I, you know, it didn't really expand much upon the original game. Not really. But it was really fun. It was like, I, I was so happy to have more of the original game, enough time has passed, like, it just felt really great. It was like, it was like visiting a really, a lovable friend. Mm -hmm. And, uh. It was, it was like perfect. It was like the perfect little kind of game in between all these fucking huge games we play. Yeah, no, it was, there were a couple new moves and they really did, you had to, you didn't have to, but I, I did feel like there wasn't as much reason in the first game to switch into chicken mode. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of that in this game. Like you could yeah. play a lot of the game just as the chicken. Right. They severely upgraded chicken powers and the reason to be the chicken. That's another thing I really liked. I really loved how they did the skill tree in this game. Yeah, it was great. So the skill tree is essentially you meet four characters along the way and they open up different aspects based upon what you do for them or uh, different types of powers and how you use them. So you do earn, I think it's like gold. You use yeah, gold coins, or coins um, and that you sort of spend those, but you also have to like do different a certain amount of moves to get them similar to how yeah like, you have to have the money to afford it but you have to do things in order to unlock the ability to buy it and they were never unreasonable no they were just like, things you should be like doing. assassin's creed brotherhood <laughs> challenges or Collect whatever 500 feathers it's like throw three thousand grenades yeah. <laughs> at only this type of enemy no it would be craft three thousand because i unlocked the whole skill tree yeah me too by the end and i, I just really I felt like all the choices were pretty good, too, except I didn't spend as much in chicken mode because I was spending most of the time as a fighter. I spent a lot. I mean, I You just love the chicken mode. mode? I love chicken mode so the great. The chicken mode was a pretty good fighter in the end once you upgraded him. I will say that 
you know, th another thing this does suffer from is that you're so into playing this game and having a good time, there's certain things you're not paying attention to. For example, I didn't actually realize that every time you do any move with the chicken, it squawks. Yeah. Until I was playing one night with my wife on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, what the fuck is that chicken noise that keeps <laughs> happening over and over again? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? And then I paid attention to it. And I was like, wow, he does squawk, an annoying squawk, every two seconds. Uh, that actually reminds me of about halfway into the game when I realized when I could do finishing moves that I could actually do like different types of moves mm -hmm. based upon how I held X and pressed side up and down. Oh, the, the wrestling moves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were phenomenal. They're all great. They're so Especially good. Especially the kicking and ones. And super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And so like what happens is you beat up a guy until they get to sort of a critical condition and then you can hold X and, and throw them usually. But if you press down or up or directional arrow, you'll do like a, a luchador finishing move yeah. and you can unlock them and power them up over time. Uh, and it's super fun. Yeah, there, there's quite a few uh, points in the game where you need to defeat enemies faster than normal. Right. Um, it's difficult to describe in a podcast, but essentially there's this phasing part of some of the levels where there's this um, the, the uh, dimension thing that we've been talking about where you switch between living and dead. Yeah. There'll be this phase that kind of like washes through the level as you go, and it will change the, the realm you're in without you doing it. Right. Um, and so you'll have to gra get an enemy blood depleted enough while it's still in that realm and you can see it to grab it and then if you don't kill it on that grab then it'll phase out and it'll attack you from the side that you can't, can't right. grab it and so yeah i would use those moves all the time to grab it and if there were spikes or lava somewhere nearby i would you know use that to yeah. my advantage to kill them instantly that's what i thought this game did really well uh was the environmental stuff with mm -hmm. with throwing i thought there were a lot more options to essentially toss people into death well not people but creatures yeah that uh, also reminds me of another mechanic because you sort of get it's, there's a lot of fighting in this game a lot more Tons. than the first I thought yeah. I thought and um, and one of the mechanics is there's bombs that appear that can just kill you like if yes. you don't get to them in time yeah and then they get interdimensional yeah those were my least favorite they were they, very they, challenging they were just interdimensional they were uh, in order to so they'd have these force fields around them yeah and one of the some of them yeah one of the techniques the game uses is that if you see a force field character the force field will also be colored. And the color correlates to one of your special moves. Yeah, they just add layers of complexity yeah. onto like simple beat em up stuff. So it starts with, oh, there's this bomb. I have to get it before it times, you know, runs out of five seconds. Yeah. Then it's this bomb surrounded with a certain force field. So I have to initiate attack on that bomb with the right move and then destroy it before it detonates. And then they throw other enemies trying to kill you while you're trying to do that into the mix. And it can get. And then you're crazy. like, I have to headbutt this thing. Yeah. So that means I can't move. <laughs> Right. And then I have to press the Y button. Yeah. That was always the most annoying move. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Headbutt, you always get it wrong. It's super powerful, mm -hmm. but you're always pressing forward because there's always enemies coming at you. Yeah. Uh, but it was really good. Like, it was it was super fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just punched the desk with joy. Wow. Yeah. That, that's how excited you are. About you can hear the reverberations <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, no, it was, a, it was a phenomenal game. What about uh, Godzilla Chicken? We haven't talked about that. Oh, when you, oh yeah, super chicken. The special move. Yeah, when whatever they refer to, it, I can't remember it. Yeah, the whole time you've been the the uh, the chicken pope has been saying that you're the, you know, you're the coming of this, you know, chicken prophet that they, <laughs> they've been expecting to come and save them, uh, from destruction. And you know, a couple couple of these levels, uh, they'll force you to be the chicken. In fact, it's chicken only level where you're going to unlock a new power. You got to go right. through this whole sort of and dunk. usually and a chicken specific power, which is new to yes, chicken melee too. And so you get into these, and, and a couple levels in, 
uh, you find that I don't even remember. Oh, it's like a giant feather, like a floating sparkly feather. Yeah. And you run into it, and you as so you're a luchador wrestler, and when you convert into chicken, you're about a sixth the size. Right. And then you touch this feather, and now you're like t- twelve times the size right. of the chicken. It, uh, Mario had a similar giant mode, yeah. and so you get this giant chicken, and you can go around and just insta kill with everything. one hit everything. In your and game. they design certain areas it. where it's just the pleasure of running yeah. through and All, killing a it, bunch it, of things. It's not. It doesn't require skill. It's no. like a. It's a reward for the end of the level. You just get yeah. to bowl through like thousands of enemies. You do this a couple of times, and then you run back into the chicken pope, and he's like, "Oh." Oh wait, you already got the special move and you used it. Oh, that's weird. I thought, yeah, and the, you know, of course they can do it better because they used that yeah. delayed comedy thing. But yeah, was also that was uh, that was terrible. I like you it. didn't it even fun. do a chicken impression. Well, that's because they don't use words. They just true. do like dot uh, dot dot. One of my favorites was uh, the nun explaining the story of the hero. You get to a church. Don't remember it. Uh, Oh, yes. The the villain. Yeah. Sorry, the villain. The villain's another luchador who went wrong. Who Essentially, this multiverse is all the other multiverses, your character failed in the first game. Yeah. And this character saved the day, but then just became evil. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the nun goes through this whole sad story, and it's beautiful, and there's beautiful mi- music playing, and then she ends with, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like the kind of meme humor that... Yeah. That this game has. Mm-hmm. It was just such a like, because it was a really, actually really beautifully presented sequence. Because yeah. they do like animation, um, not to the level of like a Disney style animation, but sort of like animatics a little yeah. more. Yeah, it's like motion motion graphics, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and, and it was just really well done. I mean, the game just looks good, but the first game looked good. It just has such great style. Mm-hmm. Um, they went all out with the with the brightness and the colors in this one. Oh yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. Uh, it looks just so good, um, and it plays really well. Yeah. Here's the thing: Would you play Guacamelee three? Yeah, totally. Even if it was more of the same. Yep. And probably. Yeah. Because there's there's just another so much intrigue about like what are the stupid things that they're gonna throw in there? Yeah. What funny stupid dumb jokes are they gonna play? They're, and it's so funny. Um, it's just a, just a a breezy game. Yeah. That feels so good in your hands. It does, and that yeah, that's why we, we I can't stress enough that it's very that it's very easy to play this game, and get caught up in the comedy or the art style or the pacing and how fun it feels to play. But they could have gotten any one of the uh, fighting mechanics or combat system or upgrade path or any of those things wrong. Uh huh. And you know it could it's it's very i feel like it's a very fragile path they're they're navigating here in which it could all of a sudden become one of those oh yeah it's an indie game i gotta make excuses for it type yeah and it's just it's so good you never think about that shit ever when you're playing it which frees you up to really enjoy all the little tiny things that they throw into the game and i feel like if you don't typically like this kind of game the humor is is good enough to drive it yeah it's like i feel like south park the stick of truth like Mm -hmm. generally if you don't like turn-based games it's going to be hard like that, like turn-based RPGs. But the humor is so good that it kind of propels you through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, like, it has the really great elements of all those different things. Yeah. And we play we play a lot of platform Metroidvania games. Yeah, quite a few. But most of them have really beautiful artwork. That's our that's our criteria. Like, that's we'll probably play the new Ori game. game. Maybe Hollow Knight at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. The Dead Cells. Dead Cells is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll probably get to it. Next year, though. 
Because I got a Nintendo Switch. Because this is Switch. our last podcast of the season. Sure is. And you got a Switch, which we can talk about Odyssey, finally. Fucking three years after it came out. Mm-hmm. We can talk about... Are you going to play Mario Rabbids? No, you're not. I don't know. So I'm many probably games. not going to play any of the games you would want to podcast about now that I have a Nintendo Switch. But we'll see. Okay. Well, we, yeah. we can podcast about your stupid Tetris game or whatever you play. Nope, no Tetris. Okay. That's it. So, obviously, Guacamelee 2 is fantastic. Yeah. Strong recommendation. Uh... This is the end of our season. We made it. Next year we'll be doing a full season, so we won't be um, we won't be taking the first taking half the first of the year off. off. Yeah. We'll start back up in February. Yep. We'll we'll be talking about Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, and that'll be really good. Or not. Or will it? Maybe. It, who knows? Who knows? With great power comes great responsibility. Mm. Mm. I'm Kenny Myers and this is the Chips and Bits podcast with me as always. Matthew Anderson. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Have a great end of the year. Yeah. Don't do anything stupid.